Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. I'm Millette Jones, and every weekday I chat with today's most successful coaches, and we learn their secrets to building a thriving coaching business. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Let's go. Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast, where inspiration and action come together. Today, we're talking with business coach Jim Palmer. Jim is a marketing and business building expert who helps entrepreneurs and small business owners create their dream business. He's the founder of Dream Business Academy and Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind Program. He's the host of a weekly web TV show, Dream Business Coach TV, and the host of Stick Like Glue Radio, a weekly podcast and the author of six books. Jim, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Now, before we jump into more about your business, I'd love to know a little bit about who you are and what you like to do when you're not working. You will find me on my boat. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, um, yeah, so I'm, uh, how old am I? I'm 58. I've been married 37 years and um, my wife and I raised four kids, her, her mostly, and but they're grown and gone. And actually, as, as you and I are doing the interview, Millette, um, we're going to be moving on a boat in about two days for a two-year adventure, Wow! Um, which is part of my, my dream business. And um, so, I mean, I'll still be working, and but we'll just be floating around. We sold our house of 28 years and put our furniture in storage. So we're going to go on a big adventure. So- that's uh, that's that's what a lot of people don't know yet. So it's it's pretty exciting. Definitely, and I think that that you being able to do that is really what a lot of coaches envision for themselves for their future as they build up their business. Something that they can aspire to. Yeah, I I've set up my business so for the last five years. Um, I do all my coaching and interviews on uh, three days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So uh, if I choose to, I, I'm, I'm off. I work three days. I'm off four. In reality, I'm kind of old school. I'm a worker bee. So if there's nothing going on, you'll find me usually doing some work on Monday and Friday. And for the last uh, almost 60 days, I've been writing my seventh book, but that's just about done. But uh, in the summertime, um, yeah, I like to have at least a three-day, if not a four-day weekend. Mm, well, that's that's definitely something that we can all put on our sites as far as something that we want to accomplish in the future. That sounds amazing. Now, we all love to be inspired by people's journey. So the first part of our conversation is going to focus on your journey. Now, you said that you've been building your coaching business for five years. What led you to get into coaching in the first place? I've actually been building it for almost eight, but I've uh, had a certain level of success in say the last four or five years, which has have enabled me to do the three day thing. Um, so I started my first uh, business in October of 2001 and, um, five years into it, I was doing uh, multiple six figures, but uh, like a lot of small business owners, I, I realized that I had basically created a job for myself. I was the chief cook and bottle washer syndrome. <laughs> and so I was doing everything. I was making good money, but it wasn't until my wife said to me, when are we going on vacation? We have not been in like five years since when before you started your business. And what I thought of was, can we afford a vacation? Well, yeah, we can. But then I thought, how am I going to go on vacation? You know, it's like 2005 or six. This is before Ring Central or any other modern things we have today. I thought, well, I won't be here to answer my phone. And um, I'm, I'm I, at the time I was writing and designing newsletters and overseeing printing and mail. I, I actually thought my business was ceased to exist. Somehow I, I got through it, but I decided then, uh, Millette, to make a change. And that's when I um, 
spent about a year just getting totally immersed in internet marketing and learning from all the all the uh, pros and I launched um in 2007 my second business my first online business called No Hassle Newsletters and um about a little less than 2 years after that I launched Concierge Print Mail on Demand No Hassle Social Media Custom Article Generator Success Advantage Publishing and then in 2009 a lot of people that I was meeting and hanging with at different seminars started asking me, how are you creating all these businesses? And that's when I started my coaching program. Oh, wow. So it was really just born out of um, everybody seeing all the, the interesting things you were doing, and then you started to help them do the same. That's it. And, you know, I mean, there's actually a, a very big lesson in there, which I'm, I'm sure you and your listeners would, I hope, agree with, and that if if you're going to be working with a coach, or I, more importantly, just to be an integrity, if you're going to be a coach and take money from people, you should do what it is that you're coaching other people to do. <laughs> you know, it, it kind of annoys me sometimes when I see uh, uh, a 19-year-old person who professes to be a life coach. I'm thinking, <laughs> what, what, what kind of life have you had? No offense. <laughs> Anybody can do any business they want, but that, that to me seems a, a bridge too far. <laughs> uh, exactly. You know, we everybody's entitled to to pursue whatever brings them joy definitely the idea of putting yourself out there as someone who's believable and maybe to 16 year olds and 18 year old could be a life coach but but to someone who's looking at it with a lot more experience you you just kind of scratch your head and you're like hmm okay that's that's interesting and I'd love to see what they're doing with it <laughs> yeah I actually had somebody um, apply to be part of my mastermind and they wanted to be um, an internet marketing coach and um, I said what have you done what have you done so far and it's a short, long story short, not much. And I said, well, what gives you the right to take people's money to teach them how to do it? The exact answer was I've been to like 20 seminars. I've read every book and blah, blah. So they've digested all this information and they're going to then re kind of reteach it or repurpose it, I guess, mm-hmm. and, and teach other people's stuff. I said, don't you think you might want to have used it and tried it and built your own business to teach? Nah, I don't, I, it was kind of like, I said, I don't think it's going to be a good fit. You know, I just, I just can't get past that part of it. I just say as a consumer, if you want to be, if you want to learn from somebody, like a, if you want to hire a coach that's going to help you build your business. And I will also say this in full candor to the coaches that might be listening. Um, you should be the only way you're really going to be an in integrity by taking money from people and teaching them something is if in my world is if you've gone out there and kind of put a stake in the ground and, and said, yeah, I've actually done this for myself. Because a lot of people, when they, they get into the coaching space, whether it be a monthly program or something like that, it'll just go along fine. A lot of times the reason is the people that are in their program might have enough going on where they're going to, it's almost like they could do it on their own anyway. And sometimes, you know, you get the little mastermind component going, but you know, I've been doing this for a long time and there's always a point where my clients are going to get into a sticky wicket or some kind of a challenge. And you can't just say, well, hold on a second. What book did I read that in? <laughs> you know, you right. need to be able to pull, pull from your, from your own experience and share how they can get past that. Yeah, I think that's that's great advice. Um, you know, people also just need to look at what they know. What what do they have experience in? I mean, if you if people want to get into coaching, it's great to to even start with something that you know you feel like you're already an expert in. 
Exactly. I mean, and you can be an expert in anything. You can be an expert in copywriting and how to write email and how, how to build website. How many, how, whatever you want to do, you can be an expert. And I say that's really the, the basis of most successful businesses is it starts with a skill or a talent that the founder slash owner has. And I say, go ride that thing, build that business. There's somebody else that's in my program now that's pretty new. And I said, um, if you want to teach people how to do this, it's kind of in the nonprofit world. I said, let's, sp- let's spend minimum six months. I know it's going to be more, but I want to give them a little bit of encouragement. <laughs> let's go six to 12 months and take your nonprofit from say where it is now and just, you know, maybe another hundred thousand or fifty thousand dollars in donations. Then you can go out and teach people. Here's how I doubled my, my, you know, uh, donations. Here's how, here's how to get more, um, you know, get more uh, contributions and here's how to work with, with local, uh, other local chair, whatever it is, stake your claim and then you can go out and teach that. Mm, yeah, that's great advice. Now, you know, everybody knows that starting a business, it's not all the successes. There's also some disappointments. So yeah. can you tell us about maybe a low point that you experienced when you were getting your business started? I have made no mistakes that I can. <laughs> just kidding. Um, you know, one of the, one of the big mistakes I made actually, well, I made, a, I made quite a few. Um, but one of them was that I, I waited far too long, um, relying on my own intellect and business acumen, so to speak. Um, uh, it was when I started investing in coaches myself. And, and getting into different paid mastermind groups, not the, Hey, let's meet at Panera Bread and talk about our business. Actually a, a paid environment. Um, that's when my business really started to take off. Um, one of the, what I call this, um, I wrote about this in my book, Decide, which I, I think we sent you, yes. but one of my most embarrassing moments also proved to be the turning point for my business. So, um, so I started my coaching program in 2009 and somewhere around 2011, I was doing okay, but I really thought I'd be growing a lot faster. And in full candor, and this is kind of what my book's about, I, I fully disclosed there were things that I should have been doing, ways to market and connect myself and to make myself be seen as an attractive coach. Um, I mean, giving speeches, going out and, and, and on the talk circuit and writing books and, you know, really ramping up with the videos, all these different things I didn't really want to do. I thought, well, I'm pretty smart. Let me just, I'll just be able to connect with people. <laughs> you know, today I'd, I'd smack myself if I said that, but, um, but I, I joined this, uh, pretty high level mastermind group it's out in California. I'm in uh, Pennsylvania. So I flew all the way across the country. I honest, honest to goodness, Millette, when I went into that meeting, I thought, I looked around and go, well, I'm the dumbest one here. That was my own head trash. Oh, I don't no. know if I was or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, so there was this one guy, super successful, had a multi-million dollar coaching practice. So I just thought, man, this guy's like, you know, should I bow down? You know, it's <laughs> like I really just uh, held him in high regard. Anyway, on a break, and he thanked, this was the saving grace for me. He didn't do it in front of everybody. On a break, he took me aside and he said, so Jim, let me ask you something. I know, I know what you're doing now. I see you've got all the, the no hassle interview meetings go or no hassle newsletters. You got all these different businesses, but your coaching business, as you've discussed, is, is not growing as fast as you'd like. And I know what you're doing, but he said, more importantly, I know what you're not doing. And I got a question for you. And I thought, okay, lay it on me. And he goes, what makes you think that you're entitled to achieve the same level of growth and success as other coaches, perhaps people in this room that you admire and emulate, yet you're not willing to do the same things that they did and continue to do today to grow their business. How how does that work? Can you explain that to me? Oh, wow. <laughs> now, 
Now, Millette, I'm pretty sure, you know, I turn, when I get embarrassed, I turn red like most people. I thought you could probably melt ice cubes on my ears. I was <laughs> so embarrassed, but it really, I flew home from that meeting and said, never again. And I, it was, it was, I call it a Mr. T moment, like when Mr. T gets in Rocky's face, uh-huh. pain. I thought that was my Mr. <laughs> T moment because I said, never again am I going to be the, the wuss, the weenie, whatever I was saying that I won't say in your air. But I said, I am going to, I'm going to get out of my own way and I'm going to start, I'm going to man up and do the things that I know I need to do. And I started doing them in a big way. I, I'm my, I've been doing weekly videos for over six years. I've only missed like three weeks in, in six years. I, my podcast is almost five years old. I, I can now get on stage in front of hundreds of people and give a talk and run my own live events. My seventh book is coming out in, in about three weeks. So I, I started plugging all the holes, all the big marketing holes that were in my, um, in my platform. And, and lo and behold, I've grown a really nice coaching business. Wow. So, well, a couple of things that come up for me around that. What do you, what's your opinion on, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with Pat Flynn, but one of the things that he talks about is this be everywhere, you know, so that's sort of part of what you're talking about, you know, getting into different things to get more visibility. But then on the flip side, I also hear people that say, you know, pick one platform and then master that, and then you can move on to something else. How do you feel about those two different mindsets? I think Pat and I um, have a similar way to say it. He says, be everywhere. I teach something at my live event called the Million Dollar Platform, and those are all the different things that I do to market and grow my business. Now, what your question is not – I don't know what the right expression, mutually exclusive. In other words, when you say master a platform, to me, I think that has a lot to do with social media. Like you can't be on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and name half a dozen others. Mm -hmm. I think there under the social media umbrella or the social media platform that's part of what I call my million dollar platform. Yeah, I think you got to pick two or three in social media. But having said that, you got to, you do have to fill in all the rest, which would be, so let's say social media is one, podcasting, doing videos, becoming an author, becoming a speaker, uh, using a newsletter, um, probably forgetting two or three, but all these, yes, you do have to do them. And, you know, people say, well, I don't know. I'm pretty short on time. And what I would say is if you look at any person who's really killing it, maybe as a multi six figure or seven figure business and you look at how they're marketing, they do find time to do it all. Mm. Um, I heard this, I heard this gentleman say one time. It was in a conversation, but I'm always, I always got my listening ear open, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, I heard him say, well, it's no wonder he's successful. Look at all that he does. As is a really, really good lesson in that very simple, uh, phrase or expression, right? So yeah, to me, it, you do have to be everywhere. And, and I'll tell you why. If you, everybody listening to this probably is familiar with the word avatar. That's like the description of your perfect prospective client or customer. Sure. And so if you're at, if you look at um let's say you're a financial planner and your avatar is somebody who's 44 years old, owns a home, you know, two cars, 4.3 kids, whatever <laughs> that looks like. Whatever the perfect avatar is. And then of course you can go to a list company and say here's all the people that fit that avatar and by all these different check boxes, you know, these people are pretty similar in their makeup. So we'll agree with that, right? But the, here's where it breaks down. I, I, if, let's say there's 500 people just for the sake of discussion. I'll bet you 480 of them all consume information differently. 
Mm. And if you just take book reading, somebody, uh, people like me, I still like to hold a paperback book in my lap. I do read a Kindle when I'm on the boat, so I don't want a bunch of books. But so there's a Kindle. You got your paperback. Uh, people like audio books. Um, and and there's ebooks. That's just under books. Right. And then people do like to consume information on MP3s. People, you know, whether they got a commute in the car or they're on a treadmill, they like to listen to podcasts and things like that. Other people like videos. Some people like scanning social media. Some people like going to seminars. My point is people consume information in a lot of different ways. And, and that is the essence of, as Pat would say, being everywhere. Or as I would say, you got to have a million dollar platform. Mm. Now, how do you feel about repurposing content in the sense of like if you wrote a blog post, would it be a good thing or a good idea to then turn that into a YouTube video or? Well, only a hundred times. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So it's funny. Um good friend of mine, Lee Miltier, runs a pretty big coaching program. She was interviewing me and she, and we've known her for a long time. And she goes, so Jim, you're doing videos. You're doing, uh, I, I used to do article marketing. I kind of faded a little bit, mm-hmm. but you know, b- blogs and things like all these different things. And she goes, and she asked a very similar question about repurposing. And I thought, I said, my answer to this is Lee, if, if, if I thought for one minute, the people that are on my list or my followers, fans, whatever were, uh, watching every video, listening to every podcast, um, looking at every post I make, reading every article, reading every book. My biggest problem would be the size of my ego because <laughs> frankly, people don't have time to do that. Mm. It, I'll tell you one of my, one of my strategies. This is, I mean, becoming an author is such a powerful tool, but every single book I do, I send the manuscript to uh, an editor and they create no less than 50, more like a hundred blog posts from just, you know, basically copy and paste and tweak it up a little bit, the content that I've already written in the book. So a book exists, then the book becomes blog posts. They'll then make tweets and Facebook posts and LinkedIn updates from that, directing them to the podcast. Of course, that's gets shared many times over Meet Edgar. Um, yeah, repurposing is a good, is a very good thing to do. I was going to say it, it felt overwhelming just to listen to you say all the things that you had done. And I thought to myself, Oh my gosh, how does he have time to do all this stuff? It's like, even if you repurpose things, it still takes a lot of time, but that, just knowing that you don't have to recreate every single thing, I think, will makes a lot of people feel like they could breathe that sigh of relief. Yeah, and and the same thing with um with uh, my weekly newsletter that I that I've been putting out for gosh eight years now. Um, just wondering if I should admit this on the air. Of course, I just said that. And you're gonna. <laughs> now you have to say it. <laughs> now I have to say it. There are periods, like for the last 60 days when I've been in writing mode for my book, that I'm not writing fresh content. But I've been doing that newsletter for like eight years. All I do is is sometimes I'll go into my archives because I save everything, and I'll say, oh, that was a good article. And then I'll go to my email folder where I archive all of my newsletters. They come out every Tuesday morning. And I'll say, okay, when is – because the headline or the subject line in the email is usually the uh, title of the first article, the main article. So all I do is I said – if I said, uh, here's three things to grow your online business, just for example. I'll just scan down my email, and if I don't see that title in the last 60 days, man, I grab that, and that becomes the article for 
this week. Um, so that's another way that you can repurpose. And here's the news. If you're just starting out, you're going to have to write content and content and content and content for a while. But after a while, you're going to have such an arsenal. It's ridiculous to think that everybody is seeing everything. Mm. So you might as well repurpose it. Yeah, that's that's a great idea and, and probably something that, that will take a load off a lot of people who think I have to create all of this stuff to be in all of these different places. Well, you don't. You just need to repurpose the good stuff that you've already created. Yeah. You know, I had a VA um, start about three years ago. So I'm still, my big platforms social media wise are Facebook, Twitter, and now Instagram. But I've been doing Facebook for so long. Um, I said, here's first thing you're going to do for me is go through my Facebook and just copy and paste into a Word document. Because I used to do daily success tips. That Word document is like 10 pages long. Mm. So if I need to post, I like to post something daily. So if I am i can't think of what to do and I can't even take five minutes to jot it, I'll just open this Word doc on my desktop called Success Tips and I'll scan down. Oh, that looks like a good one. And I'll just throw it in there because I mean, who's going to, hey, wait a minute. Didn't you use that in April of 2015? <laughs> you know? Exactly. Going back to what you were saying about the guy in your mastermind that was telling you, you know, you're going to have to do more than just this one thing. And when you started taking that consistent action, that's when you really started to notice that, you know, your business was, was kind of on that upward trajectory. So can you tell us about maybe a time where you, where you felt like you were gaining momentum in your business, something that might be a tipping point? Yeah. A tipping point for me is when I was going to a lot of seminars, uh, and people would come up to me and said, either, hey, Jim, or, hey, have you been kayaking lately? And I'll, the big clue there is in my videos, I don't just stand in my office or stand in front of a bookcase. I, for a while, we haven't done it since we got into power boating, but for a while there, we were, we had lived by a lake and I was kayaking and I thought, well, just to make it interesting, I got a little tripod, put it in my cup holder in the little cockpit and I, I would paddle my kayak and, and talk into the camera. And, um, so, but I'd be, I'd be at a seminar like in February. And again, I live in Pennsylvania and they're going, Hey, you've been kayaking lately. And I'm thinking, well, it's February. So no, but that, that to me means that people saw me on that video. The other thing I did, and I, I have changed this, but for five years straight, I, I had a, a produced beginning. It was only 12 seconds, but it's me standing on a dock saying, welcome. It used to be called Newsletter Guru TV before I rebranded to Dream Business. It said, welcome to Newsletter Guru TV. You know, you're a boatload of smart marketing and business building advice. And then I'd pause and, I, and I'd look into the water and go, and a little fun along the way. And I'd jump off the dock. And so people are always like, hey, how's the water? If you jump, they would ask me things that they only saw in videos. Mm. And that's when I knew I started getting a lot of traction. And um, of course, you know, doing interviews and you're, you sell more books, you get a bigger check from Amazon or, or people order from your website. So you see that stuff. So it all, it all feeds, it all feeds the whole system. But, you know, probably one of the things that um, I think most coaches that start out have to understand is that Unlike selling an ebook or even a course or anything that's, you know, kind of low risk, so to speak, when you're asking somebody to give you money to be in a coaching program, I don't, I don't care if you're $97 a month or $5,000 a month, whatever it is, that is an act of trust. 
And you don't develop that trust overnight via one email or video or a podcast. You build that trust over time. And I, I can prove it with a, with another seminar statement. So there was a seminar. I was down in, I remember this. I was in Houston, Texas and I had a meeting on a break. So we were outside, uh, sitting in the chairs. I was talking with this guy and he goes, Jim, yeah, I'm ready to go. I think you, you're the coach that uh, I want to work with. So we kind of shook hands. I said, good, I'll, I'll send you a thing when I get home and kind of low key. We're walking back in Millette and he kind of pats me on the back. He goes, you know, I've been watching you jump off that dock for two years. <laughs> now, I smiled, but you know, my marketing brain just went, aha. <laughs> That's why I do those stupid videos. <laughs> Cause some, you know, it's once in a while you run out of time. You go, damn it. I got to do a video. I'm almost out of time, you know, but that's why that happens. He watched videos for two years mm. and then he, and then he, he just, he basically said, yeah, I think Jim's pretty good guy, smart, authentic, whatever. That's, that's, and he kind of made that decision. So I I think that's very interesting because a lot of people don't want to take the time to really cultivate sort of that relationship, even if it's a relationship with sort of this, like you said, kind of like this avatar. But when you put the effort into putting yourself out there as a real person and showing the ups and the downs and letting people into your life a little bit. And, and just like you said, with that, that idea of putting the camera up on your kayak or being a little bit goofy and jumping off a dock is going to make you a lot more approachable to the people that are your ideal client. So here's a, here's a high level thing for people to think about when you become more authentic. Because me, I'm a, I'm, you know, I had, uh, two, two boys and, and twin girls. And when my boys were teenagers, all they were playing Happy Gilmore and all these movies. I mean, I have a very sophomoric sense of humor. I always <laughs> have. I'm not blaming it on my boys. Um, uh, I'm a really good, I, so I'm a really good businessman, a good marketer, but I have a very juvenile sense of humor. My wife's favorite line is, how old are you? Right? <laughs> but the point is, when I started doing videos, um, I thought, if I'm going to be selling myself as a businessman, I better sound smart and intelligent. So when I started out as, hey, it's Jim Palmer. I want to talk to you this morning about blah, blah, blah. And I was very, not that I put a suit on because I only, at the time I had two suits, wedding and a funeral suit or whatever. And, you know, I just was trying to be more serious. Now, when I started um, about six months later, I said, well, I'm tired of being in my office. That's when I got the idea of getting in my kayak. So there was one day in April, it was a nice sunny day, but the water in the lake was still chilly, but it's okay. So I put the kayak in the water. I I start to get in and I slipped on the green mossy stuff, right? And I went in the water, held my camera up in the air so it stayed dry. Oh my gosh. So I get it and I'm like, what the heck, right? Not that I said that, but <laughs> you know, I looked around, make sure nobody saw me. <laughs> and um, I get in the kayak and I start, hey, you know, it's Jim Palmer, the newsletter guru. I want to talk to you about ideas versus action. Millette, the little voice in my head that I know we all have said, tell them what just happened. And still with this kind of semi-serious face, I said, I just got to let you know this. I was getting in my kayak. I fell in. I'm cold, but it's kind of windy here. But you know what? The show must go on. And for up to the first six months of me doing my videos, I might get an occasional one or two thumbs up or a like or maybe one comment. All of a sudden, I got like 15 or 20 people that had commented and liked it. And... um when I shared that with a friend of mine, he goes, 
that's because you finally let people see who you really are, mm. a goofball, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. And I said, mm, pretty powerful stuff. So from that moment on, just like I'm talking to you now, I think we're sharing some good information, some good valuable tips. But, you know, I'm not afraid to, you know, I'm sure I'm going to mess up a word or I'm just going to, you know, self-deprecating humor and stuff like that. And the point is, when you let yourself be real, you're going to attract the people that are more attracted to you. And you might repel a few people. I have, but that's okay. It wouldn't be a good working relationship anyway. So being authentic and and letting people see who you are is a really good thing. This is such a great conversation. I want to talk a little bit about like goals and milestones. You know, when people start a business, a lot of times they can, you know, they'll set goals. And when they hit a goal, they'll, you know, they'll they'll get motivated to kind of keep going. So what would you say has been maybe your favorite achievement or just a big win that you've had so far? Um, when I got to, I'll tell you the good and the bad of the good, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. When I got to, I really wanted to be able, when we got into boating three years ago, uh, I was working to a point where we could always have a minimum three day or a four day weekend. And so that had always been a goal of mine. Of course, working three days means I have to be charging more. So, you know, increasing the demand for my services, et cetera, it all goes hand in hand. But I got to a point about, you know, almost four years ago, actually, where I could do that. And when we got our boat, now, so that was a big milestone. So that's kind of the answer there. I finally, I have built my dream business. My dream business is one that allows me to work three days a week if that's what I choose to do. The downside of that, at least for me, and I'm, I'm not alone because I've shared this with other people. When I had my first, um, three or four day weekend on my boat. So our boat's in a marina. It was like a 30 foot boat that we could stay the weekend on. And most people leave on Sunday and, and there I was. Um, just spent Sunday night on the dock by myself. It was amazing. Had probably had pizza or something. I woke up the next day, Monday morning, and I thought, this is pretty cool. And about 20 minutes later, I, I'm, there's nobody in the marina. It's dead. I'm sitting there and I started feeling guilty, Millette. I'm like, what am I doing? Should I be at work? <laughs> should, should I be in my home office? Like, you know, should I be drumming up more bit? What should I be doing? I felt it actually felt guilty to now do what was once a goal for me. And I've worked, I've worked to get over that, by the way, but it, it really wreaks havoc with your mindset when you do achieve certain milestones. Um, and, and, but then can you do it and actually enjoy it without feeling weird about it? Mm, yeah. That's, that's an interesting thing to think about because, you know, everybody thinks that they want all this success, but, but there, maybe there's something to the idea of, of the fear of success. Well, the fear of success is, is really a, a, a real thing. And it's what keeps people from making big investments in themselves. Mm. For example, like working with a coach. So if you, whether you're a coach or anybody else who wants to hire a coach, it's a, it's an investment. And for a lot of people, I, I would say 95% of the people that I've worked with for, you know, the last seven or eight years, it's always an investment they need to make. In other words, it's something they're borrowing, knowing and hoping that it will turn and go good. But it's an investment they're making because obviously their business isn't generating the cash flow 
to just say, here, go good. Here's the money, right? But that, see, that's what being an entrepreneur is all about is understanding the risk and understanding what's going to happen if, if this does work out well. And I am able to grow my business faster and increase my, my income substantially. Well, this would have been a good investment. And, but people have this fear like, well, what if it doesn't work out? And that's something I address in my new book. By the way, it's called Just Say Yes. It's, it's the what if factor. Mm. So can I, can I tell you a quick yeah, story? Absolutely. How this came about? So, um, about a year ago, my wife Stephanie was getting ready to retire from her career in, um, in childcare, she ran a big daycare center. So it was a real, I mean, I just called it a stress factory. <laughs> but anyway, so she was, so that was the last thing tying us geographically to this area. Cause I can do my job, my business anywhere. I got an internet and a phone. So we started thinking, well, what are we going to do? She's like, well, maybe we go live in the Caribbean for a year. And we started binge watching HGTV's Caribbean lifestyle, yep. all, all these different things. And then we finally said, what if we just get a bigger boat? And we live on the boat and boom. We just gravitated to that. But this is such a monumental thing because the, you know, we're, we're probably four or five years away from retirement. If I ever retire, I can't imagine sitting down long enough to retire, but th- at least that time frame. Mm-hmm. And the last thing that anybody with a lick of common sense would tell you is to invest in a boat. <laughs> a boat, as they say, is a hole in the water you just pour money into. But, um, we decided to do this. <clears throat> now, because we sold our house, we're not just moving smartly into a condo or right. doing something safe. We're like, gonna go do this. And so your mind starts playing the what if game. What if I run aground? What if I hit somebody? What if I sink? What if I run out of gas? Whatever. What if this doesn't work? What if I lose internet when I have a day full of calls? You know, all these things. And that's, it's just like that. So that was in our kind of our personal life, but it's just like that in business. And, um, we finally got to the point where we said, we just say yes. And we figure it out every day. There's going to be a challenge and every day we're going to figure it out because both of us said, when we get to that point where we're, you know, sitting in the rocking chairs on the porch, so to speak, we don't want to look back. We don't want to look back and regret, you know, having done the smart thing. Mm. And when we decided to do it, this was kind of the, the icing on the cake for us. When we decided to do this and we were playing a little bit of what if the very next day, Steph goes to work and she subscribes to one of these daily inspirational things. So there was a quote from Hunter S. Thompson and and I'll, I'll be pretty close, but it's a little off. He said, we were not created to arrive at heaven's door in a well-preserved body. You should arrive, you should skid in dusted and bruised with a big smile on your face and say, wow, what a ride. (laughs) And when we went, yeah, when she, she forwarded that to me and I said, that's a sign we have to do this Mm. to say no and not do it. We're going to just, you know, we're going to feel, we're going to be so full of regret. So, but it's, it's, I I will be honest with you. It's, it's pretty far outside our comfort zone, what we're doing. We're going to enjoy it, but every day is something else we got to figure out. Mm. Well, that's, I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, anybody that's wanting to start a business, they have to be willing to take that jump because you never know what's going to happen as an entrepreneur. That's right. You know, I, I've uh, I've had cancer actually three times in the last 15 years. I keep this um, hourglass on my desk and it's always reminding me that the sand is running out. You know, when I first had it, I was 41 years old 
And and I thought, man, I got another 40 or 50 years. I don't know what I was thinking if I was, but that's what I would have been thinking. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I for three weeks prior to my surgery, I didn't know if my chance of being alive in five years was 50-50 or 80-20. Thankfully, it's 80-20 and I'm long past that. But I had to really think about Wow, all these things I thought I wanted to do, we better get going and, and do them, you know, because you, you just never know. Right. Yeah, definitely. Now, before we move on to the part of the podcast that focuses on real action steps that coaches can take, I want to talk about the future a little bit. What are you most excited about creating next in your business? Um, so three years ago, I created a live event called Dream Business Academy, and it is just beyond my expectations. And what I'd like to do there is figure out a way to do that more frequently without the work, which is kind of crazy because to put on your own seminar is a buttload of work. Mm. I mean, to fill the seat, I mean, it's, it's, it's expensive and I'd love to be, but to, to be able to communicate and connect with an audience for at least two or three days in a row is very powerful. And I'll tell you this, it's one of the best things a coach can do uh, because you got three days, you know, with an audience that can learn from you and hopefully be inspired by you and, and perhaps want to be coached by you. So that's something I'd like to figure out. It's got to fit into our, our new little lifestyle here. We're trying to figure that what that's going to look like. Um, but the other thing I want to do, so that that's business side on the personal side, my wife and I are really um, kind of mission oriented. We're trying to find something that we can do with each place we go to live. So whether we spend, you know, we're going to spend a winter in Florida, we're going to spend next summer in Rhode Island, every place we go, we want to try and connect with some kind of a local nonprofit because we've done a lot of nonprofit work here in PA. And since we're kind of pulling up stakes, I don't want to lose that part. So there's, there, there's, it's, it's not a bucket list because we've been doing it, but there's things that I want to do, um, that my business gives me the opportunity to do. But in all honesty, you got to make a real effort to do them because it's too easy just to not do them. Right. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Now, this is the part of the conversation that I really love, just really getting into the nitty gritty of what's working right now in business. So one thing that that I like to stress to coaches is that there's a lot of ways online and offline to make a living as a coach. So I know you're doing a ton of stuff. How are you generating revenue in your business today? Um. So probably 70 per 60 to 70% of my revenue is through coaching. And the remainder is from the general classification of membership businesses. So all the business I named earlier, no hassle mm -hmm. newsletters, no social media, the printing business, the book sales, the info products, all that stuff makes up the rest. Now, when I started my coaching business, uh, I think I had nine virtual assistants. I have 13 now because my ability to earn more money through coaching is far and away exceeds whatever I could do focusing on the, on the internet businesses. So I, I have a real good team in place that basically all those businesses run on autopilot. I've trained them. I've hired really good people and I've empowered them. They literally run without any input from me. And so that allows me to, that allows me to do the coaching and do the interviews three days a week. Um, so that's what works for me. Um, it doesn't work for everybody, but one of the, one of the big things, and this is the reason a lot of people can't, can't either reach their first six figures or multiple six figures is they just can't let go. 
Um, for me to, I, 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 by the way, I look in and see what's going on and things like that. And I will see things, maybe even an email from someone on the client support team. And I said, mm, I probably would have handled that differently. And then I'll remind myself if I was doing that, I'd be worth 30 bucks an hour. Right. <laughs> right. So, and, and I wouldn't have the freedom I have. So when you, when you, when you, when you're very clearly defined on what your goals are. And for me, again, it was to attain the three day thing. I knew I had to let go of a lot of different things and just trust people to do it, in my opinion, at least 80 to 85% the way I would do it. And then that's, that's good for me. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. You've started this business. It's your baby. You feel like no one's going to do it as well as I can, but in order to scale, you have to be willing to take a little bit of a step back and to give give other people some of those jobs that, that maybe you aren't as good at, they can do better, and it frees you up for the really important things that you're excellent at. Here's the thing to know, though. No, I have uh, two of my team members have been with me 10 years, right? And so they know me really well. They go to my events. They've read all my books. I mean, they're schooled in Jim Palmer, so to speak. But neither of those two can give the interview that I'm giving right now. And neither of those two have the ability. And I'm not being, I'm not being harsh, but they don't have the mind to do the coaching that I do. That's just, that's my Mm -hmm. gift. That's my skill, my talent. Um, and so those are, t- those are two things that I cannot delegate, right? So I have figured out all the things I can delegate and I've delegated them so that I can focus, um, my, my mindset coach, Melanie Bench, and she's awesome. And this is her word because it makes me a little bit weird, but mm-hmm. I focus on my genius, which is what I do, the high revenue generating activity. And that's what I do. Right. That just makes complete sense when you're trying to build something up. If if you don't enjoy it, number one, you shouldn't be focusing on it, at least no longer than you than you have to. And when you get into that zone of genius, it's it's something that you just love. It's something that you love to do and love to share. Yeah. So can I give a tip that's kind of social media based, but it's, it's yeah, kind of absolutely. marketing for a coach. Um, what this is, there's an expression, life is a performance. Well, life and business, especially if you're a coach in this internet society we live in, everything is a performance. So I'm aware of this person. I don't know him really well, but he's promotes himself as a very successful business coach. I kind of know otherwise, but anyway, that's his public persona. And every other post on Facebook is about, you know, I've got this 10-year-old lawnmower. It takes me three hours to cut the grass and different things like that, which are kind of the antithesis of what somebody who has done very well would do. So if you're, if you're posting, you want to make sure, first of all, you want to be an integrity. I'm not saying lie, but if you can't, if I wouldn't say that, at least the, the better part is not to say something like that. That's going to give somebody the wrong impression. And then you also want to, in social media, you want to stay away from mm. hot button topics. I get challenged on this so much. Oh, Jim, you talk about authenticity. Yeah. Well, authenticity doesn't mean you have to engage somebody on, you know, gun control, abortion and religion, you know, you don't mm. have to do that because sure as I'm standing here or sitting here, you're going to tick off half of your potential right. customer base. So sometimes it's better to just keep your social media stuff. If it's not business related, at least keep it on the milder side of not irritating people. Yeah. I mean, one, one of the thing I, I tell my clients is if, if social media did not help me build my business, I mm. would not be on it. 
That's the only reason I'm on it. Which So a big lesson there is I know exactly why I do everything I do, and it's always to advance the ball of me building my coaching program, which is the biggest way I'm making money and, and providing for a nice retirement, et cetera. So if there's anything that I'm going to say or do, and believe me, I've had opportunities just personally where I go, that's ridiculous. Ridiculous. I got to vent about that. Well, first of all, who cares what I say about that? I mean, social media has become like your little private platform to vent. Well, just resist the urge. Go, go, go tell somebody outside and not, not tell the world, you know, some of your, your innermost thoughts. Yeah, that's, that's definitely something to keep in mind before you hit the post button. Now, the Unstoppable Coach family is made up of new and experienced coaches. One thing that everybody wants to do, though, is get their business to grow. So what would you say is your favorite strategy for bringing in new clients into your business? Um, It is two things, and it's probably – it used to be 50-50, then 60-40. It's slowly moving to 70-30. If you asked me two years ago, it would have been videos in interviews like this. Um, today it's at least 60, 40 interviews like this and continuing my videos because your books, you can sound really smart, but it's the written word. So people can't hear your voice, your inflection, your enthusiasm that you might show, which you can hear mm-hmm. doing an interview like this. But videos is one place where you can connect with people and you really, it's really hard to hide who you authentically are, even if you try, if you do videos on a regular and frequent basis. So videos, but honestly, you know, I, I shared with you, I've done probably almost 400 interviews in the last 24 to 30 months. And so whenever somebody says, something like that, you'd have to ask, well, why would Jim do that? <laughs> because it allows me to connect with an audience and share and, and you know, people end up buying my books. And that's kind of a maybe the starting point of the funnel where they start to get to know me and things like that. So doing interviews like this and um, and my videos are probably the, the two biggest uh, marketing tools that I have. That's great. Knowing what you know about building a successful business, for someone that's either just starting out or, or having a little trouble getting a foothold, what would you say would be something that they should implement right away? What would be like their first step? Um, to get very clear on what you want to achieve and to also put a stake in the ground as to when you want to achieve it. Um, you know, so as I said, one of the biggest things you can do for yourself to create credibility and is to write a book. So while I've started a book, I'm going to, I'll probably be done this year. The heck with this year. You you could have that thing out in 60 days or 90 days if you wanted to. It doesn't have to be a masterpiece. It just has to be good. Um, it doesn't have to be perfect. Perfect is the, uh, is, is the death of progress actually. But, um, so get very clear in what you want to do and then reverse engineer the best way to do that. So if, if somebody is a coach who's starting out and you want to be at uh, maybe have 10 clients by this time next year or, or by the end of this year, then you got to say, wow, you know, um, if there's say seven or eight months left in this year, that's like, you know, just, you know, one and a half new clients every month. So you can, when you put a stake in the ground, instead of just saying, this is what I'm going to do, I want to grow more, I want to have more, you got to actually have some concrete goals and figure out how you're going to do that. 99% of the time, uh, you're going to have to make an investment to do that. So if your website is like killer, it's got a good opt-in, it's, I mean, it's really 
speaking to who your, your avatar is, then you should be doing some Facebook marketing or other, or other pay per click and driving traffic and, you know, not just hoping people will find it. And so that's where most of the people, uh, end up falling off. To be honest with you, Millette, is they're, they feel certain they're talented, but they're not willing to put the skin in the game to, to make that happen faster. Mm, so being willing to invest in yourself to grow your business. Yeah. You know, I, I, I did a, um, an interview a couple hours ago from, I think it was an Australian and he, I see, he asked a very similar question. I said, you know, people are more comfortable. If I got a, if I got a, a text message from him and he said, Hey, meet me at, you know, XYZ restaurant and I've never been there. I push this button on my phone and Siri says, you know, how can I help you? Whatever she says. <laughs> and I said, directions to XYZ and she would, and I would take, I would just follow my phone yet. People aren't – so the lesson is if you want to get to where you want to go and you know somebody who's already been there, why don't you just follow the directions? You know, success leaves tracks. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just follow that path instead of having to do it all yourself? You asked me a while ago, Millette, what was a big turning point? I want to amend my answer and give you another one. One of the biggest turning points for me – was when I finally decided to put my ego in the drawer and not care so much whether it was my brilliant idea or my business or this is all me, me, me. I was more concerned with increasing my revenue. So first I could put my girls through college and help with their weddings and everything. Now provide for my retirement and do everything else. I was, I was much more focused on the outcome than how I got there. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Just un- really getting clear on why you're doing it and then being willing to to dig in and and do whatever it takes to get there. I think that's great advice. You know, Jim, this has been so good. I've learned so much from you. It's I'm actually sorry to to be coming into the final stretch here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been a lot of fun. I enjoy yeah. these. Okay, so we're going to finish up with the final 5 rapid fire questions. Okay. So what's one habit or skill that's helped you become unstoppable? I get up early and I know the value of my time and I diligently protect my time. So there's no I make I'm on the phone Without it being scheduled, 0% of the time. So the phone actually doesn't ring in my office. So I have no interruptions other than pre-scheduled calls, whether they're in or out. Mm. What's one quality you feel every successful coach needs to develop? Integrity. Recommend one book that's had a big impact either on your business or on your life. Uh, No BS Direct Marketing by Dan Kennedy. Give us one online resource that you think coaches would love and that you couldn't do business without. Gosh, so this is embarrassing, but it's a truth. It's my Gmail calendar. (laughs) (laughs) Now, finally, how can the listeners best connect with you? What social platforms do you hang out on and what's your website? Uh, com is my main website, com. You can find me on Facebook. Um and I'm on Instagram and, and Twitter, but Facebook is where I, I hang out the most. Um, so, yeah, that'll do it. Okay, great. Well, I'll be sure to get all of those links and all of your recommendations onto the show notes page. Jim, this has been an amazing conversation. I just want to thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure, Millette. Thanks for having me on. 
Thanks for joining us on the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. Be sure to head over to the website at unstoppablecoach.co where you can grab the show notes and check out all the resources and the links to the guest website and social sites. And be sure you join us every weekday when I interview another successful coach and we learn their secrets to building an unstoppable coaching business.